fellow people of Earth and Anchor and Spotify podcast listeners, welcome to the August 1st, 2023 Midday Movie Madness News and Flashback Fun mini-episode podcast. I'm your host, Movie Guru. Happy August 1st birthday to Aquaman himself, a.k.a. Jason Moma, who is 44 years old today, the late actor Don DeLuise, and TV, which first went on the air on this date in 1981. So happy 42nd birthday, NTV. Daniel Snyder, the late rocker Jerry Garcia, director Sam Mendes, and TV actor Jack O'Connell. Happy belated July 31st birthday to author J.K. Rowling, my friend Trevor Grimes, Harry Potter's Harry Potter Neville Longbottom, the characters, not the actors who play them, who turn, both turned 43 yesterday. Speaking of Harry Potter, today is Belle and Fleur's Weasley's 26th wedding anniversary. I would also like to give out a belated and er, one day early shout out to John and Sasha McNamara, whose wedding anniversary is tomorrow, August 2nd. I uh, kind of forgot to mention it on last week's show. Oops. It is my deepest regret to report yesterday's unexpected double loss of two TV stars. The first is a super harsh blow to 1980 TV viewers everywhere. 70-year-old Paul Rubens, best known as child, children's TV star, the joyful, like, the joyful childlike Pee Wee Herman, lost his, his private battle with cancer Sunday, July 30th. Variety.com stated yesterday, please accept my apology for not going public with what I've been facing these last six years, wrote Rubens in a statement posted to Instagram after his death. I've always felt a huge amount of love and respect for my friends, fans, and supporters. I have loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you. The Pee Wee Herman character was known for his bright red bow tie, gray suit, and flat top haircut, and delivered his most well-known catchphrases like, I know you are, but what am I? In a distinctive, squeaky, high-pitched voice. Last night, we said farewell to Paul Rubens, an iconic American actor, comedian, writer, and producer, whose beloved character Pee Wee Herman delighted generations of children and adults with his positivity, whimsy, and belief in the importance of kindness, wrote Rubens' estate in the caption. Paul bravely and privately fought cancer for years with his trademark tenacity and wit, a gifted, prolific talent. He will forever live in the comedy pantheon and in our hearts as a treasured friend and man of remarkable character and generosity of spirit. Rubens began his career in the 1970s after joining the Los Angeles live comedy troupe The Groundlings as an improvisational com- comedian and stage actor. In 1980, he launched The Pee Wee Herman Show, a stage production centered on a fictional character he had been developing for years. As Pee Wee became a cult figure, Rubin's show ran for five sold-out months, and he landed a special at HBO. Rubens also committed to the character in his interviews and public appearances. In 1985, he teamed with Tim Burton on Pee-wee's Big Adventure, the character's feature film debut. 
which was a critical and commercial success. The character transitioned to television from 1986 to 1990 on CBS's weekend morning show, Pee-wee's Playhouse. Influenced by vintage kid shows such as Captain Kangaroo, the artistically groundbreaking Pee-wee's Playhouse won several Emmys and featured colorful postmodernist set design and music from new wave icons like Mark Mothersbaugh, Sandy Lauper, and The Residents, along with guest stars including Lawrence Fishburne, Natasha Leone, and Jimmy Smits. Ruben had already decided to end Pee-wee's Playhouse when his image as a beloved childhood hero was tarnished in 1991 after he was arrested for indecent exposure at an adult movie theater. At the center of a national sex scandal, Rubens backed away from Pee-wee and began to impress as himself. He won again reprised the iconic role until 2010, when he revived the Pee-wee Herman show on Broadway and made several other appearances on WWE Raw and in a couple of digital sketches for Funny or Die. Besides Pee-wee, Rubens was in quite the variety of films. He showed up, he voiced Locke from Tim Burns' Night and Before Christmas, showed up on Matilda, was the Penguin's father in Batman Returns, played the spleen from Mystery Men, which I will be getting to soon enough, and also played a villainous vampire henchman from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. His TV roles included The Blacklist, Gotham, 30 Rock, Rugrats, Pushing Daisies, what We Do in the Shadows, and Reno 911. His final film role was reprising Pee-wee Harmon for the, ni- for the 2016 Netflix film Pee-wee Her- Pee-wee's Big Holiday. Yesterday's other shocking death was that of 25-year-old rising actor Angus Cloud in California, who sadly just buried his father, who was his best friend, last week. Cloud was known for playing the drug dealer Fezco Fez O'Neill on HBO's Euphoria, his first acting job. He was also in 2021's North Hollywood and this year's The Line. He had also just completed work in a role in an upcoming horror film opposite Melissa Barrera from Scream 6 directors Matt Vanatelli Oplin and Tyre Gillett. In Ruben's honor, I will be talking about his classic movie, Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure, on Thursday's show and podcast. Rest in peace, Mr. Rubens and Mr. Cloud. Thank you for your laughs and your wit. I'm sorry, Disenchantment fans. Deadline.com stated this afternoon, Mac Roning's Disenchantment is coming to an end. The upcoming fifth season of the Netflix adult animated fantasy comedy series will be its last. It will premiere September 1st. With Big Mouth also headed into its final season, the anthology Love, Death, and Robots, renewed for season four, is the last remaining series from the first wave of adult animated comedies ordered by Netflix. There hasn't been any major breakouts in the genre since on the streamer with a slew of newcomers awaiting their fate. In much better news, pregnant pro tennis champion Serena Williams just had her gender reveal a few days ago for her second child, 
and she and hubby Alexis Ohanian are continuing to be team pink. That's right, folks. Serena Williams is having a second girl. The HollywoodReporter.com announced earlier today the Super Bowl is getting slimed. CBS Sports and Nickelodeon will produce a second telecast of Super Bowl 58 in February 2024, bringing its kid-focused coverage and green news in tow. The Nick telecast will mark the first time a Super Bowl has had an alternate presentation. CBS, Nick's Paramount Global sibling, will carry the main broadcast. While it's a big step up from the previous games, Nick has aired the alternative, alternate telecast isn't new. Nickelodeon has provided alternate feeds of wildcard playoff games after the 2020 and 2021 seasons and a Christmas Day regular season game last year, the latter of which produced a viral moment of SpongeBob character Patrick Starr, voiced by Phil Fagerbeck, roasting Denver Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson after an interception. Nickel also airs a weekly highlight show, NFL Slime Time, during the season, and another Christmas game is on tap for the coming season. It's flashback fun time. To honor Rubens for the first flashback fun film, let's go back. Let's take a look back at his 1999 superhero comedy, Mystery Men, produced by Robert Engelman. The August 6, 1999 film, the only feature directed by the only feature film directed by Kinka Usher, is very loosely based on Bob Burden's Flaming Carrot comics. In addition to Rubens, it stars Ben Stiller, Greg Kinnear, Claire Forlani, Jeffrey Rush, Eddie Izzard, Janine Garofalo, William H. Macy, Cal Mitchell, Tom Waits, and Wes Studi. It tells of a team of lesser inept superhero pow- superheroes with the unimpressive powers. The always angry Mr. Furious, the flatulent Splane, the mysterious Finks, the only invisible when nobody's looking invisible boy, the fork-flinging Blue Raja, the shovel-wielding Shoveler, the possessed bowling ball hurling bowler who must save the day and champion city from a criminal mastermind when the city's resident superhero gets captured and accidentally killed. Sadly, despite positive reviews, the film didn't exactly do well, making GS $33.4 million on a $68 million price tag. Ouch! According to IMDb.com, Invisible Boy is the only team member who really doesn't have a comic book counterpart. Truthfully, he was made up as a joke by a drunken bog burden, and King Usher liked the idea. What's also neat is that Shoveler's motivational speech in the diner borrows very majorly from the speech of the, ba- the Battle of Angicourt speech in William Shakespeare's play, Henry V. For the second flashback fun topic, since Dune Part 2 spices up theaters in three months and two days on November 3rd, 
it makes sense to look back at the original film version of Frank Herbert's 1965 book of the same name. David Lynch's 1984 film, Dune. The December 14, 1984 epic space opera has a large ensemble cast, including Sting, Kyle MacLachlan in his film debut, Max von Sydow, Sir Patrick Stewart, Brad Dorif, Dean Stockwell, Virginia Madison, Linda Hunt, and many others. Said in the distant, in the in the distant year of 1091, it tells of the fight between rival noble families as they battle for control of the harsh desert planet Arrakis, a.k.a. Dune. Arrakis is the only planet where the most valuable drug in the universe, Melange, a K-spice, which allows longevity and is vital to space travel, grows. A royal decree awards Arrakis to Duke Leto Atreides and ousts bitter foe, the Harkonnens. But when the Harkonnens violently seize back their fiefdom, it's up to Leto's, Leto's son, Paul, to lead the freemen, the native people of Arrakis against the Galactic Empire and his father's cruel nemesis to free their desert world. After the book's first success, many attempts to make it into a film started back as far back as 1971. However, the film, which has at least four versions released, was a box office flop, just earning... 30.9 barrels of spice on a 40 to $42 million price tag. But since then, the film has gotten a cult following. There was a miniseries called in 2000 called Dune, but that did not go over well. And then, of course, there was Danny Villeneuve's 2021 film Dune and the concluding film in the duology Dune Part 2. According to IMDb.com, at the time of filming, Sir Patrick Stewart was totally unfamiliar about Sting, who Sting was as a magician. While meeting him on set, he asked if he was a solo artist. Sting responded that he was in a band called The Police. But Stewart, totally oblivious, thought Sting played in a police band. Stewart said the still suit was the most uncomfortable costume he'd ever worn. Max Van Seidel also said the same, but stated since he loved the way his body looked in it, he endured the uncomfortableness. And did you know that Helena Bonham Carter was originally cast as Princess Aurelian, but she had to exit the movie because of scheduling conflicts with 1985's A Room with a View. That's all for this week's news and flashback fun, folks. So until we meet again, as always, stay safe, watch a lot of DVDs, and get to the theaters if you can. Bye now.